Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, It can reach to the deepest part of our hearts. Your word can heal, set free, deliver. I ask you to speak this morning. Speak it clearly. Speak it in a manner that we can understand. Touch us, transform us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Today we're going to do part three of our message, the kingdom family. The kingdom family. So first week we talked about the kingdom man, Last Sunday, which is the second Sunday, we talked about the kingdom woman. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the kingdom marriage, the kingdom marriage. And we're going to talk about what the kingdom marriage is, and we're going to talk about what are the key elements of a kingdom marriage. What do you find in a kingdom marriage, and what is the purpose of the kingdom marriage? First, I want you to know that there's obviously there's kingdom marriage and there's worldly marriage. Uh, especially now, I think it's important to begin to really distinguish. A few years ago, it was never that different. When you say marriage, you can quickly you can say marriage, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Now it's no longer the same. The same. The world has changed the definition of marriage, so therefore we must be very clear when we talk when we're talking about marriage. We're talking about God's kind of marriage. Uh, that is the kingdom marriage. So from that note. Kingdom marriage is the uniting together of a man and a woman to become one flesh in order to fulfill God's purpose, all right? And I want you to notice those key words, the uniting together. Typically, that's how families start. Sometimes you have families without marriage. You have people who adopt, you have single parents and stuff like that. Those are exceptions, but mostly family come because there's a marriage. There's a uniting together. There's a coming together of a man, very clearly, and a woman. The Bible says he created them male and female. So that is very, very important. A man and woman unite together to become one flesh and in order to fulfill God's purpose. And that's very, very important. We're going to get to that a little bit uh, further in the message. But coming together is important. Uh, I'm going to, uh, let's go to it. Let's read a few scriptures. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. This is all over the scripture, by the way, from the Old to the New Testament. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united, all right, to his wife, and they become one flesh. Matthew 19, verse 5, was quoting from Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And Mark chapter 10, verse 8, confirms that by saying, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. And that is very fundamental. Kingdom marriage is a covenant. 
not a contract. And that makes a, that's a fundamental difference. All right? It's not a contract. The world largely defines marriage as a contract between two people. And when you're talking about contract, obviously, people don't become one in a contract. And that's why it's a covenant. All right? When you sign a contract, contract is an agreement between two people to fulfill certain obligation, but it's not an agreement to become one. All right? When you are in a contract, everybody has their own interest in a contract. All right? When you sign a contract with Verizon, with AT&T, or with your landlord, everybody wants to get the best out of it. In fact, in a contract, technically, I want to make sure I rob the other person. Right? I want to get a better deal than they are getting. Right? Uh, you know, so most times the stronger person tend to get the better deal, right? You sign a contract, they give you a place to live, and in exchange, you give them $1,200 at the end of the month. So they get money out of it, you get a place to live. Uh, sometimes somebody gets more money than somebody gets a place to live, all right? So it's important to know that that's how contracts work. But when you come into a marriage, it is not a contract, it is a covenant, the essence of marriage is that they are no longer two. There are no longer two different interests, right? There are no longer two different agendas. The agenda becomes one. So Mark 10, 8 clarifies that very well. And the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. So they become one, not just sexually, spiritually. There's a spiritual, you know, in their spiritual aspiration and desire, they become one. In their thoughts, they become one. Financially, they become one. All those things are very, very critical. A lot of people, even Christians, really are in contractual marriage, not covenant marriage. You know, when you are doing contractual marriage, it is not a kingdom marriage. A kingdom marriage is a covenant marriage, all right? The people are not living two lives. They are not living two different agendas. There is coming to one of those agendas because you recognize God brought you together for a purpose. Now, kingdom marriage is only possible where we have a kingdom man, right, and a kingdom woman, uh, you, you know, and that is when you can have that. Now, it is not always ideal. I recognize some of us might be in a marriage uh, relationship now where one person is not a kingdom person, kingdom-minded. Yeah? In those instances, that's why we pray. We live in a world that is not perfect, so that's why we, we pray for the other person to have that awakening so they understand that this must be a kingdom marriage. So if you happen to have a spouse you know, that is not in the kingdom, you have to make sure you pray and, and the scripture recommends things to do to make sure you get them there. But before you get into a marriage, if you're not there yet, then you are in a good position to make sure you get into a marriage relationship with a kingdom person. If you want a kingdom marriage, all right? Otherwise, you're going to end up with a worldly marriage, which is a contractual marriage, 
you know, and that create all sorts of problems. Now, we've talked about this. I'm going to summarize it a little bit. We talked about the kingdom man. The kingdom man is supposed to be the servant leader of the house. So when you're looking for a man, you should be asking yourself, can this person be a leader? Can this person give direction? Because the kingdom man is meant to lead. To lead means to give, to give vision. To lead means to give direction. To lead means to set the tone, you know, of where the family is going, where the marriage is going. The kingdom man is the progenitor of the marriage. Very important. He's the progenitor of the marriage. All right? He sets the tone. He, he's, I mean, he's a pioneer. The man, that's where the man leads, the man pioneers. All right? The man leads father and mother to start a family, to start a unique identity of his own with his wife. So the man is the leader, is the vision giver, is the spokesperson for the family, is the person that determines what happened in the family, is the blessing carrier for the family. It's important. You're going to find a man, make sure he can bless you, not the man that curses, because it's important. The man must be able to bless, must be able to bless you, must be able to bless his children. And that's why symbolically when we do dedication, when we do all those things, I want the man to be the person to hand over the baby to me. He's the progenitor of the family. Hallelujah. So his role is critical. And that's why I believe the man, the devil is all out. It's a frontal assault on the man. Because when you smite the shepherd, the sheep scatters. I believe men are more under attack. So if it looks like I'm I'm, I'm harder on men, yes, I am, because I know they are more under attack, because their role is much more critical to the home, to the society, and to the future of the children. All right? So it's important. The man is supposed to be other. Now, the woman, on the other hand, is the helper from above, the help from above for the man, the lifesaver, the Isa Kenegdo. That's what we the, the Greek word for that. That's the that's the woman. The woman is the man. We said is the man with the womb, right? Is the nurturer. Hallelujah. He, she's the sorry. She's the amplifier. She amplifies the vision. That's why a man needs a woman. She helps, refines, amplifies. And increase whatever you have. She nurtures. That's why even in the physical, they carry womb. They can turn a seed into a baby. Turn grocery into food. Turn an apartment into a comfortable place. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. The woman is a more refined creator. That's why they, you know, beauty is associated with woman. But also the, the women, are on, they understand subtleness of life, right? Subtleness of fashion, you know, all those subtle things. They just have the ability to know. You know, sometimes when we travel, we want to go places. I'm just in a rush to go. Let's go. Let's travel. I'm looking at it. It's a four-hour journey. We need to start. We go. And my wife is, you know, taking extra time. And I'm there. let's go, let's go. Oh, I need to pick this. I need to pick that. There are subtleness. There are th- little, little things. 
Until you drive two hours, you need a little uh, tissue or something, and she got into the bar. That's what I was getting when I was... <clears throat> right? Isn't that true? They understand details more than we do. And that is why when a kingdom man and a kingdom woman come together, they become a powerful force, an unstoppable force. You know, when in a, in a marriage where the man assumes the leader, spiritual leader, headship, you know, vision, all right, he's able to say this is where we're going, he's the, you know, this is how we're doing it. He's able to seek God. All right, he's studying the word, he's hearing from God, he's leading, and the woman is amplifying what he's doing. You know, the woman is supporting, the woman is there. That kind of marriage is unstoppable. Hallelujah. That kind of marriage is powerful. That's the kingdom marriage. That's the, king, that's the marriage that fulfills God's purpose. Hallelujah. So it's important to know that. Very, very important. Let's go back to Genesis briefly. Genesis chapter 2. And just read, and we'll get some of these things from there. Genesis chapter 2. Let's read from verse 15. I'll go back to that again. It's always good when you talk about marriage to go to the beginning. The Lord God took the man, verse 15 now, and put him in the garden of Eden to walk it and to take care of it. So you see here that the Lord gave the man an assignment. I want you to say assignment. assignment. You want a man with an assignment. You want a man that knows where he's going. The Lord gave it to him. He might have lost it or might not even care about it, but make sure he's a man with an assignment. <clears throat> it's a man that knows he has an assignment from God. And the Lord God commanded the man. I want to say commanded. Amen. He has a commandment. He has an instruction from God. He fears God. He knows that, you know, what comes from God is the ultimate. ultimate. He knows that. So the Lord gave him commandment, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord gave him that. And the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And Isa Kenegdo. Helper, a lifesaver, help from above. All right? So, and the Lord did all that. Uh, verse 19, let's go. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and the birds and the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave name to all the livestock the birds and the sky and the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper. There was no help. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and we see how it was created. Look at verse, uh, verse 23. The man said, actually, let's read 22. The Lord, the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called womb man, womb man, a man with a womb. 
for she shall she was taken out of man. I want you to notice verse 24. That is why. That is why. Because, you know, there, we need a combination of these two powerful, different beings to form so that God's will will be done. A man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. So kingdom marriage must fulfill kingdom purpose. Many people marry, marry for different reasons. Many of those things are just benefit of the marriage, not purpose of marriage. Right? You must be able to differentiate that. There must be a kingdom purpose. So when two people come together, you must, come, you must understand that there is a reason. See, God gave Adam an assignment. And he said, you need a help from above. You can't do this alone. You need a help from above to fulfill that assignment. Hallelujah. You need a help from above. And he gave him the woman. So the primary reason is to fulfill God's purpose. And I want you to understand that. That is very, very important. So when you come together, even when you are in a relationship, you should always, you know, God's purpose sometimes is not what you know like this. I understand that. I'm not saying the man must know what is going to happen in 30, 20 years. Sometimes when they do, they're probably lying, right? But they recognize that there is a higher purpose to marry. Marriage is not just to have sex, to have babies, to have somebody to brag about with to, to your friends, you know, it's about purpose. There are a lot of benefits, things that come from that, but when it is not rooted in fulfilling God's purpose, the most important reason is missing. There's a reason God brought you together. If you don't know why, begin to pray. God leads you into that. God directs you into that. Hallelujah. And purpose is important. When purpose is unclear, then abuse is certain. What we see is abuse of marriage. You know, abuse of marriage institution, even by so-called believers. It's been abused. Because we enter without trying to find God's purpose, without trying to make sure this is based on God's idea. Don't forget, he created marriage, not you. You didn't create marriage. God created it from the beginning. So you must understand that he has a reason he puts you together. Make sure it is to fulfill. So you go to him and say, God, open our eyes. Apostle Paul in his prayer constantly asked God to reveal his purpose to him. All right? He constantly asked God to fill him with the knowledge of his will. Constantly ask God to show me why you created me. It's always important. That's the kind of prayer we must pray. Praise the name of Jesus. So we must always find out whether you are in marriage already or whether you are before it. Amen. So it's important. Kingdom marriage must fulfill kingdom purpose. 
Let's go to Ephesians. Let's read a few verses. Let's, let's go to Ephesians. I think I should have it on the screen. I should have it there. Ephesians chapter 1. I mean, is that, okay. I don't have one there, so let's go to Ephesians 1. I'm going to open it here, and I think we should read it, because I think it's important. Ephesians chapter 1. All right. Let's go to verse, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You see, you as a person, there's a reason he called you. Don't forget your salvation is a calling. All right, we didn't choose God, he chose us. We didn't want him. He wanted us. We didn't call him. He called us. So also when you come together as husband and wife, there is a purpose. So we must always ask that he will enlighten our hearts so that we may know the hope to which he has called you. Hallelujah. So we must always do that. Praise the Lord. So, kingdom marriage must fulfill kingdom purpose. Number two, kingdom marriage brings out the best of God's creation. It brings out our best. You see, you notice that man cannot be his best without a woman. And the woman cannot be our best without the man. But when they both come together, there is the best. The best of creation come. And that's why marriage has been proven to bring out the best. Married people live longer, healthier, more emotional health, physical health. Well there. Praise the name of Jesus. It's very important. Because he brings out the best with all the challenges he has. Still bring out the best. Brings out the best in us. So you represent the best. I mean, let's go to Ephesians where we read. Let's read it, Ephesians chapter 1. We'll read a, little, a few verses there. From verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why submit, to your, submit yourself to your own husband? As to the Lord. And I want you to know this to your own husband. It doesn't say submit yourself to all the men. You know, some women really regard other people's husbands than their own husband. All right, see some of the women. I mean, if you treat your husband half of the way you treat me, I think your marriage will be better. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Kneel down for the pastor, always carrying this food for pastor running around. I appreciate that. But maybe you should do that to your husband. A lot more. Already our PAs would do that for me, a lot of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the guys see that you can actually honor other people. Why not me? So it's important to say that. To say, you know, to your own husband. All right? Your own husband. 
But the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. And that's, that's, this is not easy. The Bible is not just trying to give suggestions here. It's laying down how it is. This is not a suggestion. He's the head of the Just like Christ is the head of the church, his body, which is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husband in everything. That's, that's important to know. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. Husbands, your wife can't really be what God called her to be without you. Don't sit home and say, go to church. Don't sit home and say, oh, go to prayer meeting. In church, we just think prayer meeting is for women. It should be reversed. It's for men. So ladies, make sure they go to prayer meeting. If you say, oh, I don't care about prayer meeting, you know that you are in for some future problem. All right? Tell him. And that's important. All right? He, because he needs, he needs God more than you do. His role is bigger. And when he fails, the failure is bigger. But you will not fail in Jesus' name. We will not fail him in Jesus' name. But he said, when the man loves your wife, when he loves his wife, affectionately, love them. You know, and the kind of love is the sacrificial love. That's the kind of love Jesus has. He can sacrifice. He doesn't care about himself. That's how you see a godly man. He cares about the rest of the family, having fun, enjoying themselves. All right? So he, he, he put them first, and he wants them to fulfill God's will. And that's why he, he, he makes her holy, right? Makes her holy. Anything to make her holy. Anything to make her more godly. Anything to make her better. Cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. This is a very, very, very serious and complex, but very powerful. It's profound. Because Kingdom marriage is really about Christ-likeness. It's about making us like Christ, and that's my third point. It's about making us like Christ. It's not, it's not about making us happy. Because happiness will never come unless there is Christ-likeness. True happiness will not come. Happiness is really the benefit, not the purpose. I mean, when a marriage is fulfilling a purpose, its purpose, everybody will experience happiness. But when we put happiness first, you demand the other person to make you happy. These other person demand the other person to make you happy. That's why there's war. Sometimes they are not frontal war. They are like uh, 
the Mau Mau War, the you know, the, the, out out the Kenya during the Kenya independence, you know how they were fighting is like hiding, striking, hiding, striking. That's what is going, you know, what's going on in Iraq and all these places. That's how we are. So it's important to know that this is the purpose is to make us godly, to bring the best out of us. And how can we be godly until we have somebody to really test our godliness? You see, when you get married, you realize that you are not as great as you think. Most of us, we overestimate ourselves before we get married, right? Do I have some married people who can say that? You think you are the best person. You think you are gentle. You can never get angry. That's why when you say, oh, he's such a gentle man, the wife is like, you don't know him. Every man will proclaim his goodness. That's what the Bible says. But a faithful man will can find. You know, I tell all my, when, I, when we do marriage success class, I said, when you get married, that's when you get a true neighbor that you can't change. When the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself, we know how to cheat to obey that. Because before we get married, what we do is to change our neighbor when, instead of changing, instead of loving them, Right? You don't like somebody, you stop being their friend. At least Christ will not say, I'm not loving my neighbor. I just find a neighbor that I love. (laughs) But when you get married, you find a neighbor you can't change. Then if you can love them, then you have passed the test. Praise the name of Jesus. It is about making us godly. All right? Lastly, kingdom marriage produces godly offspring. And we're going to talk about that. That will be our topic next week. We have to close now so we can have more time, right? So that the men won't be like... And some of the women too are already said, yeah, we... And we're going to do it. Amen! Amen. Produces God. You know, the the best place, a child, the best gift you can give your children is the environment they grow up in. The best gift. It's not money. It's not fame. It's nothing. It is more important than the intelligent quotient, IQ. No, it's more important. The best gift you can give your children is a godly environment where they see a godly example of a man, of a kingdom man, and a godly example of a kingdom woman come together. Growing up in that kind of environment will produce a kingdom child. Spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, and they will do well in life. And that's why, no matter what you are going through in your marriage, just know that it is for a bigger purpose. The Bible concluded here, verse 32, Ephesians chapter 5. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. Marriage is a profound mystery. Kingdom marriage is the best representation of kingdom on earth. He said, listen, it's the best representation. It's the best representation of 
kingdom principles on us. So it doesn't matter what we have, how we pray, how we shout up air, how we speak in tongue. If we don't go out there and produce kingdom marriage, we are deceiving ourselves. We are missing the most important thing. All right? It is the best representation of kingdom on earth. He said, this is a profound mystery. I know what I'm talking about is a profound, but I am not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about Christ and the church. Married men and women, it's not about you. Your marriage is about Christ and the church. You know how people get into, you know, you know what cop is going on now, right? These are individual people who have their, their individual life, their wives, their things, their whatever is going on in their life. But when they step into the pitch as a team, we don't see individual. We see a country. I mean, we're saying Croatia is going to play France. Is that, are they Croatia? They're just 12 people or 11 people from Croatia who have individual life. They might not even love their country that much. They might not even live there. But when they step out there, they know that this is not about me. I am representing. And we project an entire nation on 11 people running around. And it's amazing, it's amazing how we just project everything. I don't want Russia to win. Those boys, they don't care. They just want to play soccer and advance their career. They don't care about Putin. What's their own problem? But you know how we put the weight of a whole nation on them, right? I don't love France. France is a racist country. I don't want them to win. Those boys there, they just want to advance their career. You see, that's how life is, right? We project, and that's how we should see marriage. I think a lot of the challenges we'll have, we'll be able to see that when we step as a man and a woman, it's not just about us. It's about representing the kingdom. It's about Christ. And the church. So as a man, I love my wife. I remember I'm representing Christ. As a woman, I respect and honor my husband because I'm representing the church. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Let this truth resonate in our hearts. Let it go beyond what we can imagine and think. Let it be edged in our heart, so that we can truly go out there and represent you in our families. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.